I invited my molester to my wedding. I honestly never really thought about that fact until my mother lobbed this spear at me one Christmas. If it really happened, why would you invite him to your wedding? If it happened. If it happened. This is upsetting because he has admitted to her it happened. So it's like she's doubting my confirmed truth, which is not just my truth. It's my suffering, my shame, my worthlessness, but it's also my strength, my resilience, my courage. It's complicated, right? I mean, she's doubting the source of my greatest pain and my greatest power. But her if it happened theory also makes me have compassion for her. Despite his admission, she still can't fully accept what happened. It's that hard for her. Denial is a powerful antidote to really hard to digest feelings. Fuck, I was in denial for many years, hence his presence at my wedding. I can't blame her for using the same strategy. It fucking works. But I'm not in denial anymore. It happened. Today I sit with that reality. And sometimes it still stings. Like sometimes when I go to the bathroom and lock the door, I remember little Atusa who didn't have that luxury. Growing up, our one functional bathroom didn't have a functional lock on the door. So if I was in the shower or going to the bathroom when I thought I was all alone and he came home, well, you know how that scene would end. There are a lot of memory landmines at my mother's house. And luckily today when I step on one like the bathroom door or my mother's bed where he would violently throw me and do his thing, I can use my self-love tactics, hand on belly or neck. It helps. It's still a bummer that his gross tongue jammed in my mouth was my first kiss or his man hand on my little hand forcing me to jerk him off was my first intimate experience with a boy. But on the other hand, he never penetrated me with his penis. So luckily, that was something I could save for someone of my own choosing. You know me, glass half full, glass half full. The other silver lining of growing up in a dark, dark place? I'm not afraid of the fucking dark. But for a long time, I was still terrified. Even though I had a big career and of course I was technically safe, there was still a young part of me that didn't feel it. And weirdly, that fear served me really well in my career. I was running from my demons and chasing success. The fear also fueled my relationship with my mother. We were so quote unquote close. I put close in quotes because in retrospect, of course we weren't close at all. I was just hanging on to her for dear life because her attention was protection. After all, when I was a kid, her however infrequent attention meant safety. This scared part just clung to my mother and created this facade of a super close mother-daughter connection. That is, until my own daughter Angelica was born. When I held that defenseless baby in my arms, I looked at my mother totally differently. I mean, if one day I found out someone had brutalized that child every fucking day in my home when I was at work, 
I would annihilate that person and happily go to jail for the rest of my life. The whole idea of if this happened to you or anything else suggesting that a totally naive and innocent young child could possibly have wanted to be pinned down and ejaculated on every fucking day after school by a 21-year-old man truly made me furious. I was so angry with my mother and this stark contrast to the pedestal I had previously put her on really disturbed her. So after a few years of this strained relationship, she finally called my perpetrator and confronted him. Of course, he admitted his actions and apologized to her, but then he proceeded to call me incessantly to apologize to me too. But I really wasn't ready for it. I was very triggered and scared by his sudden aggressive phone campaign and it felt re-traumatizing. I asked him to please stop calling me and I never spoke to him again after that. That was 2011. The next big shift on my path to recovery happened a few years later. I had certainly looked at this issue in therapy, but as you know, I had some hot mess tendencies that were clearly a manifestation of the abuse, like the infidelity in my marriage. So even though I had a therapist, a lot of time was spent putting out the fires rather than focusing on the original source of the flames. So I started receiving energy work with a shaman in New York named Elizabeth Clements. She had just started an organization for survivors of childhood sexual abuse called Hidden Water, and she invited me to be a part of the first green circle. Green circles were for survivors. When she first told me about it, I was like, yeah, sure, 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 sign me up. I'm one of those people, you know the type. You see someone you haven't seen in a long time and you're like, oh yeah, definitely, let's get together, can't wait. Then you're like, what the fuck did I get myself into? (laughs) That used to be one of my signature moves and it certainly was the case in this instance. So the night before the first circle, I was really like, fuck. I don't want to sit around in a circle and talk about incest with a bunch of strangers. I mean, nothing about this was convenient. It was at school pickup time. By this point, I had three children, so it would mean I needed a babysitter. It was all the way downtown. All signs were pointing to no thank you, ma'am. I happened to go to a yoga class that evening, and during Shavasana, as I was lying there, I said to myself, God, If I really should go to this thing tomorrow, please send me a sign. And as far as I was concerned, that was my due diligence. I was done. I decided to email Elizabeth when I got home and bag out of the circle. I felt a great sense of relief as I walked home after class. Like usual, I called my husband Ari so he could keep me company on the walk. It was around 9 p.m. and it was pretty quiet on Broadway. Just as I walked by Zabar's, I noticed one other person walking toward me. It was my perpetrator. We made eye contact, but I didn't see a flicker of recognition in his eyes. We walked right by each other. This guy doesn't live in New York. He doesn't even live anywhere close to it. I told Ari what had happened and hopped off the phone and called my mom on her mobile. Is there any reason so-and-so would be in Manhattan, I asked her. Oh, yes, she said. They had just left such-and-such celebration, ironically a spiritually-based gathering, and he was probably walking back to his hotel. I mean, I asked for a sign, right? Bang, there it was. And that circle was a game-changer for me. 
it blasted my experience with 360 degrees of light. I was able to look at my experience from every angle and it shifted me in ways I couldn't have expected. For starters, I had a very different take on my perpetrator. I started to remember how terribly his father would physically and emotionally abuse him in front of the whole extended family. I mean, this was abject child abuse. No one said anything. No one protected him. The culture of abuse is so ingrained in the family that it was just accepted. We all looked the other way. His kid, his choice of punishment. There were other factors about my perpetrator's childhood that I won't identify because I want to protect his privacy. But again, these factors were also terrible, terrible things he was subjected to and not protected against. No wonder he was filled with rage. No wonder he took his feelings out on an innocent kid. Essentially, the same thing had happened to him when he was a kid. I felt so angry at our family. We were both victims here. And that's why I wrote him this letter in 2018. I asked him to talk about his abuse. I asked him to talk about my abuse. I asked him to shine light on the culture of abuse in our family. I do it all the time. Like when my aunt asks what she can do to help for a kid's party, I will always say something like, you can talk about the abuse that's happened in our family. I know I annoy them. I know they don't want to hear this shit. I know they think I should just be glad I have such a great life. And I do have a great life. I am so grateful. But what about my perpetrator? Can you imagine what his life is like? He may have a great life on the outside. Think about me when I was working. We're all good performers. So many people in my family have suffered various forms of abuse. Just because they're functional and their mouths smile and speak the right script doesn't mean they're truly okay. And ultimately, that's why I do this. I have friends who are horrified by the personal details I share here. Why, they ask. My family members want me to leave the past in the past. And honestly, if I were unhealed from it, I may also want to do that. But I'm actually solid now. I'm strong enough to reach back and help others. And others also includes members of my own family. Others includes my perpetrator. He too was once an innocent child who was trespassed on. I don't believe in vilifying anyone. I only believe in shining the light in the dark. We all deserve to walk in the light. To that end, I followed up via email in 2019 and invited him to join a hidden water circle, a purple circle for perpetrators. I enlisted my sister and cousin to also ask. We never heard back. I get it. It's disappointing, but I get it. I remember how resistant I was to going to that first circle, but I will still hold up the light for him. And I hope one day we can sit in circle together. When you're an abused kid, you sort of get comfortable in the dark, but there's a whole beautiful world out here. Thanks for being part of that world for me. I too had to hide for a while, but my eyes have adjusted to the light. Thank you for holding space for me today. Thank you for holding space for my family. It is my honor to do the same for you 24 seven as always.
atatusa.com.